So hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of the SaaS Sessions podcast. Uh, today we have Priya Mohan on the show. Priya has been an entrepreneur for the last eight years. In 2012, she co-founded Vidyartha, which is an ad tech platform, which she then successfully exited to buy Jews. Prior to that, she spent about nine years in the investment banking phase. Currently, she is a part of the leadership team at Venture Highway, which is an early stage tech-focused venture capital fund. Priya, such a pleasure to have you on the show. Likewise, Sunil, it's it's great to be on the show. Awesome. So, Priya, like uh, you started in the investment banking space, and then you ran a tech platform for about eight years, and you sold that to Byju's, which is uh, a decacon now. So, how has been your experience uh, throughout your journey in with SaaS ecosystem, particularly in India? So I think Sunil, I'm going to take the liberty to split this question into two. I mean, the answer for this question into two parts. The first, mm-hmm. I'll probably cover my own experience. Actually, SaaS, you know, introduction to SaaS as both from an ecosystem perspective as well as from a business model perspective happened fairly, you know, here and there during my journey as a founder. But mm-hmm. then, you know, obviously a lot more introduction and a lot more awareness happened. uh in the last few years of my time with uh, Baiju and of course when i sort of exited and i'm now uh, part of the vc ecosystem but to just give you a, a very quick uh, answer to your question as to how has been my experience See, i think it's 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 good to say that my life has been very very fortunately accidental and i say that thoughtfully because you know everything has happened in my life which is being at the right place at the right time Mm-hmm. and you know i come from a i come from madras uh, born and brought up there uh, and you know i actually trained to be a bharatanatyam dancer for the longest time i thought i'll be a professional dancer but then i realized very quickly you can't make money out of it mm-hmm. so and i was not the best so i said okay fine let's let's move to something else which is better remunerative mm-hmm. and you know because of my passion towards doing bharatanatyam and i also wanted to be a journalist and i was like literally a beat reporter even in school Mm-hmm. i decided to abandon science to take commerce which was literally blasphemous given the mm-hmm. ecosystem and society i came from and that's when i you know got into ca because a my dad was a ca and you know i realized that it was the most respectable next best thing to do mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. prove to people that you're reasonably smart and you're not really one of those you know mm-hmm. poor in studies within courts that people mm-hmm. would very often say in the chennai circles but post this you know post doing my ca i realized very quickly that's not uh you know reflective of my personality which is i was very curious about businesses i wanted to understand what's happening at the shop floors rather than doing the bank reconciliation statement mm-hmm. so i moved jobs which actually gave me an opportunity to witness wealth creation either as an executive assistant to a founder in in a, in a large chain and i moved to delhi and then from there to ernst and young where you know i was part of the transaction advisory services and then back to chennai because then you know my fiance then and my husband now was also a first time first generation entrepreneur who is having a manufacturing outlet in chennai so the whole genesis of me starting a company was because i was tied to chennai and i said look the only way i can break this geographical barrier when i saw all my batchmates mm-hmm. flying high in different fields is you know that i started something of my own so in the meantime i had also graduated from isb passed out of it in 2007 so genesis of vidyasa was pretty much started with my life uh story which is why did i do what i did and if i had had a little more guidance if i had had a little more uh data points would i have still chosen to do a ca would my life have gone in a different direction can mm-hmm. i marry my passion to what i'm doing so that's the genesis to cut the long story short 
we work with k12 students we built a very very rigorous rule engine first and then later you know very solid algorithm based platform which helped k12 students very board specific discover you know their aptitudes and their interests and marry the whole thing and to create a consolidated learning platform uh, mm-hmm. or a learning kind of a, a scale and then on top of that we curated services and products which were relevant to each kids needs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right and it was very very tactical so it was not like a 100 feet level where we said okay you could become an uh, aeronautical engineer and forget about it right to breaking it down to 11th grade what are you going to take pcmb pcb so how should you go and what are the possible undergraduate postgraduate options scaled mm-hmm. it to 3000 plus schools we worked with the cbsc and that's when we you know again being at the right place at the right time got introduced to byju's and literally the deal happened in 3 days of meeting him and you know obviously he was a visionary and it was so inspiring to even hear his story then he was a fantastic and continues to be a fantastic storyteller in mm-hmm. two years part of byju's built the b2b to c segment and you know we looked at about 19 regions entirely in tier 2 towns that was a completely different learning for me because as a founder you're automatically bootstrapped and you're constantly optimizing for capital and bandwidth but it's a different challenge when you have to solve for scale and customer retention and quality assuming capital is not a constraint so that was a very mm-hmm. very different learning at byju's it was during this period the last two years that you know one of my closest friends from chennai you know and finally vinod moved to uh, the us he ran a saas company called cloud cherry right. and which later sold to cisco we yeah. know that i go back 15 years right like we've known each other from when we were you know just in our 20s and uh, you know when he started cloud cherry and i was running vidyatha there were many weekends when we would just get together over a beer just sharing our agony <laughs> right and you know <laughs> the times of making payroll and that's when you connect right you connect yeah. when you are going through shit together and that was my actually my first introduction to saas and mm-hmm. and you know i i remember the first time vinod invited me to speak to his team you know as part of the, he used to get people from different fields to come and inspire and talk to his team and actually that's when i really got to know what he was doing and i understood the saas business model Uh, of course i was aware that people sold to b2b but you know a little more nuanced uh, way and then i've obviously plotted him through his journey as he has mine and then that's mm-hmm. my first introduction to saas and then post leaving byju's through my ecosystem whether it's vinod or you know when i was thinking about what to do next and obviously i have a few friends in the vc including my batchmates i got a little more knowledge about the saas ecosystem and you know it's you would know this better sunil because you track this ecosystem far mm-hmm. longer and far more deeper than i do because you're obviously part of it i think i also can safely say that there's what a journey and what a difference for the saas ecosystem from say a 2010 2011 to what right. it is today 2020 it's like literally a complete uh, metamorphosis it's like a beginning of a new era especially totally. in india right uh, mm-hmm. both from an investor perspective from the kind of business models coming out from the kind of founder talent it is attracting it's been mm-hmm. an amazing you know transformation at least as a third party independent observer and then post joining venture highway i had this incredible opportunity obviously the platform gives you an opportunity to learn so much from vicariously from multiple startups that you're engaging with you know and giving you know capital to partnering with them and obviously sitting on their boards so couple of startups which are saas startups i work closely with the founders 
you know one being win- wingman which is run by shruti who's a very shruti kapoor yeah. uh, she's also a yc alumni again a very prolific uh, speaker within the saas ecosystem uh, amazing founder and mm-hmm. then of course you know a later stage company called better place and wingman of course sells to the us whereas uh, better place which is an hrms enterprise tech plus you know on top of which they they they're trying to build a pass platform which is focused on the blue collar ecosystem much more mature company again solid founders but that's focused on india totally. these are two examples of companies that i can actually disclose some of the others are in stealth but between yeah. these two i think i had the opportunity to get a diverse flavor of saas india outbound saas and saas for india completely you know interesting journey that you have had priya and a lot of serendipities i would say yeah absolutely uh, yeah and and i think shruti was uh, from wingman she was on the show uh, previously in one of the episodes and i think she helped us connect so yeah yeah uh, really really great i i've been closely following Win- wingman's journey as well and they are doing really an interesting job in the us ecosystem truly wonderful so speaking about these two examples that you picked right uh, better place which uh, is a saas who's primarily focusing only in india right versus wow. wingman which is based in india and yc alumni and their primary market is in the us right yeah. so when you were dealing with these two companies right so one is a global saas company which is based in india selling outside india one is an indian saas company which is based in india and trying to sell in india so what are the differences that you experienced when you talking to the founders of these two different companies you know in, in terms of scaling up or in terms of growth or in terms of you know selling in in these two different areas so honestly sunil i have to put a caveat here as you would appreciate mm-hmm. these two companies while you know they're both saas mm-hmm. they're at very different stages of their business right yeah, so yeah. man is a very early stage better place but couple of points i've understood right i think mm-hmm. the ability even before right say 3 4 years ago uh, and i think among the vcs axel is probably a very prolific SaaS investor. I mean, they've they've built a very robust, you know, kind of, and been part of a robust SaaS ecosystem among its own investments. But if you generally look at what I've observed, is the ability of a, a SaaS company selling to India to attract capital compared to a SaaS company selling to the US. Mm-hmm. It's always been more about SaaS companies selling to the US because the biggest challenge, mm-hmm. say five six years ago. is that saas companies selling in india the biggest concern was monetization conversion cycles will people pay for saas you know the long paid pilots and literally there will be you can count in handful right if you took any kind of saas across different verticals there'll be the top 4 or top 5 companies and then you know how do you then think of the tam can this company really grow so on oh, and really. so forth right so mm-hmm. the ability to attract capital for some of these companies had been a has been a huge challenge but of course that's entirely shifting today and part of the reason according to me is because the infrastructure the base layer and the general attitude of consumers of saas even indian companies consuming saas has completely changed of course the regular cliched region reasons of digitization and more tech infrastructure if you look at any traditional company the spends towards technology infrastructure cloud infrastructure is probably a lot compared to what it was even 4 5 years ago right mm-hmm. and 
also the attitude change right like which is you know a lot of roi questions right that's why i i would remember my friends who ran saas companies would say boss it's so easy to sell to the us when they understand value they are willing to pay whereas in india we are a bargain market right mm-hmm. they will not pay i think that's also changing because today what people are realizing is they don't want to reinvent the wheel for everything they totally. understand experts and if there is a way that they can quickly integrate solutions and which increases their either their own productivity and or makes an impact either at the cost reduction level or a revenue enhancement level i think people are far more amenable to integrate such products and solutions rather than what they were doing a couple of years ago now contrast this to in companies which are the india us outbound companies i think there mm-hmm. there was a reasonable comfort because of the obvious cost, cost arbitrage and mm-hmm. the availability of tech talent in india right so totally. that entire thesis of course you know the pioneers being you know fresh desk and you know kadim of whatfix and you know all of these guys they were able to establish that hey we can build solid you know tech operations you know teams in india with services us clients and make it grow but there again again the difference between you know the enterprise customers and the smbs and i think as capital went to some of these companies and the business models evolved i think it gave a lot more comfort to the rest of the ecosystem right mm-hmm. and obviously i think the us india us outbound saas has become a far more i would say at least from a capital attraction perspective you know it's it's become again you know everybody is looking at it and mm-hmm. post covid right i think the spotlight as on saas today is so high compared to it any time before right right um you know the multiples of saas companies in the us right is trading like crazy and if you've read the latest you know gong investment by sequoia right yeah. it's yeah. it's just right because at the end of the day you know from an investor perspective and when i just joined this ecosystem i would always wonder what makes investments tick right what is mm-hmm. the way investors are thinking why do some investors over you know over index on b2c and the right. biggest thing i have understood is that b2c the hockey stick or the expected hockey stick right even if the probability mm-hmm. is though the ability to give very large outcomes mm-hmm. uh, was always i i was told and i was observing was far higher than in the saas but i think that's also changing with the right. number of acquisitions happening and possibly with the number of public markets you know public ipos that are likely to happen right totally so yeah, i yeah. think it's i think both these have come to an even keel which is great for the saas ecosystem completely and i think in in you know talking about particularly the indian saas ecosystem right i think covid has given a lot of companies a level playing field where you know a lot of companies are emerging due to this you know pandemic which is which is happening or which is, which is affecting all over the world right Absolutely. you would see companies like air meet which is event platform which was definitely needful in in a in a time like these when everything is moving virtual your physical events are cancelled and all the companies like we at whatfix we do a lot of physical events and we were looking for a pl- platform when we you know wanted to do like a virtual event and then we saw that you know not only airmeet but there are various platforms like zadel also is recent yc alumni and they're also an event uh, management platform based out of india and there are many more right there are many many more which which has come out due to this pandemic and if you go back to the 
crash right like not just the pandemic but that that was a big crash as well and if you see like companies like airtable companies like uber companies like airbnb though not saas but then it started after the 2008 crash so do you think like this pandemic has given a level playing field for many saas companies and then a lot lot of them would emerge in in india who would then be in, in the future have successful exit but what are your thoughts on this particularly like pandemic affecting the indian saas uh, ecosystem yeah no that's a great question i think i'll split it into three four parts okay i think one, the yeah. first part you talked about airmeet right and mm-hmm. i think look airmeet from a business model perspective there's tailwinds and actually mm-hmm. when you that's a tailwind based kind of a boost right there are a yep. couple of b2c companies also which had tailwinds right mm-hmm. and uh, these uh, tailwinds are like uh, you know actually it's a cross board right it completely depends on you know business to business so for example social commerce has taken off big time actually commerce also has taken off big time because as number of shoppers who are not going to retail stores right today they want they're very comfortable shopping digitally right totally. in certain areas so similarly from an events perspective obviously covid induced uh, travel bans and you know all of that and it's amazing because i can almost see i do although i'm still more traditional at heart i do believe in the value of face to face meeting but even mm-hmm. me today you know if i were to i mean even post covid right i would completely optimize my meetings right and i'll probably right. do 50% of what i was doing in face to face right so yeah. that way airmeet has you know obviously got you know the tailwinds you know induced by covid but mm-hmm. let's leave the tailwinds aside because when you look at tailwinds it's probably there are some industries both in saas and non saas but i'll come up to certain certain other points and would love your views as well on this which mm-hmm. is i think monetization right and why i i've given a, th- a thought to this why do why has the spotlight gone on saas companies more right and why you know of course you know there are the companies like the airmeets of the world and the gongs of the world who have probably you know really you know taken you know advantage of the tailwinds but at mm-hmm. a fundamental level from a business model we all know that a b2c is a a little more capital intensive than compared mm-hmm. to a traditional or a, a saas business right so you know and if you see a lot of the b2c companies you know it's been very very you know the kind of number of rounds it's raised you know and the and obviously the biggest lesson for most of us in the covid thing is monetization has gone either ways depending on the business model right mm-hmm. and some have recovered some are yet to recover some have completely lost it because for no fault of theirs because the entire this is a tectonic shift right, right. but if you look at a saas business right it's i don't think very few saas businesses are as you know when you do a comparison you know apples mm-hmm. to apples comparison the kind of capital um, efficiency that you can do in a saas business right is mm-hmm. is a little higher than perhaps in a uh, b2c kind of a business right and also especially the second part is you know about the monetization right like many of these saas businesses and you know uh, you must be knowing prasanna of upeka right and yeah. he's a big big you know he's a good friend and you know i learned a lot from him about the saas ecosystem and one of the things he would tell me is look the best way to test the model is to see if these guys are making money right and yeah. that is your evidence of roi and mm-hmm. in a saas business that is from literally day one now when i say mm-hmm. day one it could be uh, you know whenever the product market fit is achieved and when you get your first customer i think the visibility the the ability to monetize of course there are nuances between you know the enterprise saas and the smb saas and the 
the whole distribution angle in SMB SaaS. But having said that, I think the visibility, the monetization, and a little more, I would say, uh, you know, a business model that can be fairly comparatively more easily predicted than perhaps some of these large B two C businesses where mm-hmm. you know it takes a while to monetize. I think. Totally. Uh, right and covid has put spotlight on co- uh, capital efficiency some of yeah. the best founders i've worked with you know have taken very 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 sharp very very assertive decisions on preserving capital and in extending runway right? right and that's when you know for the first time after a long time you start questioning you know the kind of capital that has gone into some of these businesses mm-hmm. and you know what is truly capital efficiency i think that's another thing covid has really put a spotlight on totally many it has given i think many companies to think on you know what they think as capital and where they should invest and what's like real you know usefulness or in in terms of spending my budget and what will decrease my runway and what will increase my runway i think this this was this was a lesson that uh, a lot of founders would have got due to covid on on you know effectively managing managing the capital i think this was a crash course that they that they had to learn because no one could predict you know in the start of the year that we were going to be facing something like this absolutely across the world <laughs> and what yeah and the resilience of you know at the end of the day i have to take this moment to tell you this yeah. i think i'm i consider myself extremely lucky that i'm not you know i don't know how i would have reacted because of course as a founder itself you go through such highs and lows totally but yeah. the resilience and the i think a few founders their ability to take incisive decisions mm-hmm. be very objective about things and yep. you know the kind of decisions very quickly without being nudged i mean it just yep. is amazing right some of them have really outshone in this pandemic totally and and thanks to and i would say thanks to a lot of people who have made themselves accessible during the time when you know a lot of founders or a lot of first time uh, founders would need help right because no one would have predicted this yes but then even if you if you are facing a roadblock i saw like many vc firms and many founders who who were you know being helpful out on linkedin who were posting that you know i i'm up for a call or i have myself connected a lot of founders with the vcs or you know uh, fellow founders who who have faced and you know came across these roadblocks and you know overcame these roadblocks so i think the help that has been provided you know or that has been accessible in the indian saas market is is truly amazing and i think it's it's you know it's just starting out and it's definitely going to grow and it's just this beginning of the revolution which was long pending i would say in the indian market SaaS. No, absolutely, absolutely. I think I've always been envious of the SaaS family, right? Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> I think, and I, you know, obviously, I've seen that, you know, with uh, firsthand with Prasanna or Vinod or even the kind of people, you know, the whole, you know, Girish Mathurbudam or Kadim or all. Of, I think the it's like a family, right? And they really truly understand each other. And I think SaaS has done a brilliant job. The SaaS community has done, especially if you go to Chennai, it's almost like the the SaaS mecca, mm-hmm. right, of India. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and they've done a brilliant job of helping each other in fact upeka for example their model where the, he's truly building a community right like where yep. it's you know not just optimizing for your own but you know if there's anything that you can do to help the entire community that's great and he's focusing on sustainable business right which is yep. you know growth is great but let's build a solid business model today i think that's amazing and you're absolutely right i think <clears throat> what has happened with the, during the pandemic is that there is a, there's a very very 
evidently vulnerable and human side of everybody that's come out right and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter it, it could be like whether you know even the way vcs thought about you know the i mean ultimately it's a business model for us as well as it is for the founders but you know supporting founders or be, not just being accessible you know giving you know the the you know not just the connections but even taking calls on certain bridges that they may have to do or supporting right. founders when you know because this is a first major event that none of us anticipated so i think that's that's another amazing thing that happened in the ecosystem totally and i think we have reached the time for for this episode so let's quickly move on to the lightning round and you know let's con- continue the insightful discussion that we have so i have like three lightning questions for you so the first one so what do you know about your work now uh, that you wish you would have known when you first started hmm it's a very interesting <laughs> uh, it makes you think <laughs> absolutely i think i'll sum it up in one line uh-huh. just because you know to ride a horse and you become a great jockey does not give you the automatic talent to be the best picker of a horse interesting what it translates to just mm-hmm. because i have some operating experience right does not automatically make me a great vc of course the connect with the founders and everything is there yep. but it's a very very unique talent and uh, a very different type of skills that you need to hone mm-hmm. uh, to make some of the best picks especially in a in industry as vc where it's the highest risk class asset class mm-hmm. and the probability of success is so low right totally uh, so that's the biggest lesson i learned great i think you should uh, we as humans should always keep learning and you know there's always new things that keeps coming right so you should always keep your eyes and ears wide open great so second one like what did your biggest uh, professional failure teach you there are so many where, where do... <laughs> i think one of the biggest lessons is i'm a i'm a i mean i read a lot on i think 80% of business and everything is behavioral psychology right like i think mm-hmm. i i i sincerely believe that discipline is very very it's given a lot less of a podium uh, focus than it should be right uh, in that i think as you grow older and you know as you sort of start wearing your scars i think the biggest lesson is nobody's intention is to screw you everybody's mm-hmm. first intention is to self preserve when yeah. you come with knowledge to a negotiation or a discussion it changes the perspective of how you deal with the person in the opposite side of the table makes sense really interesting to no this is a different perspective definitely so yeah third one so what's the number one thing that has helped you shorten your le- learning curve i think books i'm a i've always been a voracious reader mhm i would say two things two pillars people and books i have a set of few friends who i you know shamelessly keep bugging for insights and inspiration mm-hmm. and you know i'm very privileged i think that's the advantage of uh, again very fortunate to be in the in the space and the time that i'm in i have few people who truly inspire me and obviously i it's like you know taking constant nuggets of wisdom from them and secondly i i mean i'm just amazed at the amount of knowledge out there right so and the more i read the more honestly i feel more ignorant but yeah. the thing what i've realized is at some time it compounds right at some time this kind of constant accumulation and I, i won't even get into what type and what kind but it just accumulates that at some level it makes you start 
building and enhancing your met- metal models right mm-hmm. and it. your frequencies right and i think that's the key to this job at least right uh, what makes every investor unique is his own rubric and his own frameworks for investment and i think that's where i aspire to be to be able to build my own building blocks and my own mm-hmm. rubrics and frameworks and i think this kind of knowledge helps you do second order thinking you know uh, making multiple connections which are not hitherto you know hitherto what do you say it it shows easily right so your ability to connect multiple dots i think that's what you know i aspire to be but having said that i also feel there are days i wake up with an existential question which is like you just read more and then you realize how less you know yeah that's the i think we we are uh, similar in that way like you know two things which is people and reading really yeah. wonderful so thanks a lot priya i think this has been a really insightful uh, episode and really great things came out of this discussion so thanks a lot for your time and thanks a lot for coming and sharing those insights with us on the show today thank you so much sunil for having me i think i had i still have a lot to learn about the saas ecosystem but if i were to just leave with one thing i remember you asked me what is the difference i think yeah. one of the things i think the time and space and the kind of people and the kind of saas companies that have come out of india mm-hmm. i think one thing i've observed and i'd like to leave that as a last parting thought yeah is that i think as culturally we are people who probably uh, don't package ourselves as well as probably people in the west and here mm-hmm. sometimes we our products outshine but still our packaging and our you know ability to put ourselves out there is a little different and probably understated compared to the west where it's more like a marketing first kind of an approach and i think if if we get that little bit of skill i think i think we can build some really really interesting companies and you know scale globally as we are already totally i think it's just the start for us so many more successes and many more milestone milestones to come out of indian saas uh, ecosystem absolutely Cool. Thanks a lot for joining in and really wonderful to connect with you and have you on the show. Thank you Sunil. Thank you so much.